Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Anyways, what's up, Coastline? How y'all doing this morning? Everybody having a good start to the new year, for the most part? How many of you guys already started your diet? Three people, good job. Okay. How many already broke a diet? We're already, we're like four days, three days in, people are already breaking their diets. Um, man, I'll tell you what, uh, this, this past year has been a little bit difficult, uh, but I'm going to just, we're going to sweep it under the rug and we're going to stop talking about it. I'm excited for 2021. Anyone here excited for 2021? I'm ready for it. I'm excited about it. Some big things coming. Uh, there's going to be a fantastic uh, baby boom that, man, I, like, I feel like everyone I talk to is pregnant, right? Everybody was quarantining. I don't know what happened, but uh, now we, our children's ministry is going to explode coming up here in, uh, was it April or March or something like that? Easter time. It's going to be fantastic. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a new season. It's a new year. And, uh, and I'm super pumped, and I'm excited for it, for sure. I'm also excited because uh, I'm starting a new series today, a new collection of talks uh, that we're calling Restore. Uh, and this is going to be, uh, uh, for the next just few weeks, we're going to talk about um, the idea of, of this being a season of restoration uh, for our families, for our churches, for our marriages, uh, for our finances, for our emotions, uh, you know, I, I love the idea of us going into a new year and us experiencing new things. I, th- I think new is good. Uh, but for some reason, I felt like as we go into the season, the Holy Spirit was telling me that, that when it comes to, to, to restoration, when it comes to being restored, I think that being restored is better than new. And I'll show you that here in just a little bit. So I'm really excited about it. I'm pumped. Uh, I'm ready for this week. Uh, I'm going to pray for us if you're okay with it. And then we're going to jump right into it. You ready? Everybody ready? Sweet. Let's, um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much uh, for the opportunity you've given us uh, to start this year off and uh, connect with you and to worship you and to worship with one another. Uh, God, I thank you for what 2021 is going to bring. Uh, I pray that above all, God, that you would have your way in our lives. In these areas of our life that have caused stress, tension, and frustration, in the, in the areas that, that where we're worried, God, we say you have your way. And so, God, for uh, this message, for this week, for this year, we submit it all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Um, so I was talking a little bit about... Um, about uh, like resolutions, this idea of, of, of kind of these things that we start every beginning of every year. I was talking about it with some friends. Uh, real quick, speaking of friends, before I move any further, uh, I know we got a, a huge group of people that are watching online, checking in, doing uh, church live with us, whether it's YouTube or on uh, the CoastlineNSB.com website. I want to thank you guys so much for, for tuning in and hanging out with us uh, here this morning. Uh, man, do me a favor, hit in the comment section real quick, like where you're watching from. I know we've got some people all the way up north in, in Canada. Uh, we got some people out west that are watching. Uh, we've got some people in different countries that are even watching, which is, is crazy to me how our church is continuing to grow, uh, just not in Volusia County and in Florida, uh, but in the world beyond. And so I want to thank you so much for, for hanging out with us. Uh, and uh, it's going to be, this is going to be the beginning of a great year. 
But as we start this year, many of us have set uh, some resolutions, some things that we hope uh, will happen, some maybe habits that we can add to our lives. Uh, if you haven't set one yet, I, I wanted to read just a couple that I found on the internet. Uh, uh, the... Um, I can't remember what website this was. I think it was, oh, it was Good Housekeeping. I don't know why I was on the Good Housekeeping website. I don't know, man. My wife just, you know, somehow I click a link. Click. You guys ever get caught in that, like the, the, the sinkhole that is the Internet? YouTube videos, next thing you're, you're watching calves being born. I don't know. Um, but I, I found a list, the top, like, 25 things uh, that people had made resolutions about. Uh, and maybe some of these will stick to you. Maybe there's something that you want to make a resolution for, for yourself this year. Uh, the first one was uh, build a better budget, right? That's a good thing to start for a new year. Uh, I thought this one was cool. Cook one new thing each week. You think we can do that? One new flavor of ramen noodles each week, maybe? I don't know. Um, <laughs> read more books. Um, some I know Erica's a big uh, book reader. Uh, I like listening to books. Man, Audible is like the coolest thing ever. Uh, get rid of some bad habits, right? Some people are giving up smoking for this year, which is a big do that if you're a smoker. I, I'm just saying that not because you're annoying me or anything, or it's, but it's bad for your health. Uh, give up smoking. Uh, some people are giving up drinking. That's cool. Um, some people are taking the stairs everywhere for the whole year. No more elevators. That's, I mean, that's a choice you can make. Um, I should probably be doing that. Uh, along with starting yoga, you think we should do some, Erica did yoga this past week. It'd be funny if we did some couples yoga. We might do that this year. That'd be interesting. I don't know if they sell yoga pants for 300-pound men, but I'll give, them, give it a shot. Um, some people are considering counseling for this year. There's probably, probably a lot of people considering counseling. Counseling, I'm going to tell you right now, counseling is a good thing. Counseling is a great thing. I get counseling uh, every now and then. Erica and I in our, our marriage, uh, I made a joke last year about how we don't have a great relationship. I was trying to say we don't have a perfect relationship, but sometimes we need counseling. We go to, we go to counseling together. Counseling is a good thing. Some people are volunteering uh, this year. They're taking a step and in, in in, uh, in helping out the community around them. I thought this was one that I hadn't thought of before. Sanitize your phone every week. Is that a resolution? That's probably just a good habit to have, right? You think about it. Like, I never want to borrow anybody else's phone. You know why? Because I take my phone to the toilet every time I go in there, and I'm sure everyone else does, and you don't need to be touching other people's phones. That's just gross, man. Sanitize. Ugh, it's getting too real. Uh, donate old clothes to thrift stores and stuff like that. Frog Ministries down the way. You guys can drop some stuff off to them. I'm sure they will find a home for it. Uh, take more walks. That's a good one. Go to bed on time, right? I know some of you guys like to uh, like to go to bed 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. So, um, And then I added a couple of them. I think these are really smart. I, um, you know, We all carry phones uh, probably every day. It's a part of our lives. There's a fantastic app on the App Store called the Bible app, or also you can look for version, And they have some fantastic Bible reading or, uh, um, studies and stuff like that and plans. There's some great devotions. Man, this is a great time to get into uh, adding a habit to your life of a daily devotion or uh, just spending some time uh, in the morning or throughout the day uh, with God, man, I think these are great. Uh, it's a great resolution. It's a great change to have. But the reason why we do this, the reason why we add these resolutions to our life is because 
really, we enjoy change, right? We like the idea of positive change in our lives, right? It wasn't so long ago that even uh, President Obama, he ran uh, on this idea, this one word that was plastered all over the United States. What was the word? Change, right? We all like the idea of good, positive, new change. Uh, and one of the things I realized that, um, that, that's happened because of this, this um, crisis that we've been in, because of the time that we had to spend, uh, um, what's it called when we can't go anywhere? Quarantining. Um, I realized there's, there's one thing that's happened that we're all doing. Anybody here like watching way too much television? I'm just going to raise my hand. Binge watching shows. You know you're watching too much television if the television asks you, are you still watching this show? Right? Did anyone else feel shame when that pops up? You're just like, yes, I want to keep watching it. I've only watched five episodes in a row. Come on. But we all get that. Well, some, some of my favorite shows uh, lately, some, and, and, and also in the past shows that I love, have to deal uh, with restoration, right? There's a show that was on, uh, it's probably been, you know, five to ten years since it's been on now, uh, but it was about cars. It was with this guy, Chip Foose. Uh, it was called, um, what was it? First one right here. We're going overhauling. Anybody ever watched that before, guys? A couple people, a couple guys had. Super cool show. They would bring in these cars that, like, uh, you know, they were kind of okay. They were somebody's, you know, somebody's dad's car, and they would completely restore them, like put in a new motor, put in new, you know, make new paint for them. It would, it would be, it would be the, some of the sweetest rides you've ever seen in, in your entire life. It's, it's super cool. But uh, uh, if you get a chance, you can watch it, I think, on YouTube nowadays too. Uh, there was also a show recently that just came out. I think this is the second season. If you're a, a fisherman like you me, you might have found this show already. It's on YouTube as well. Uh, but it's called Das Boat. Anybody seen this yet? This is a super cool one where they take like a $50 John boat uh, which no one should probably go out in at all. Uh, Nate, you seen this yet? Oh, you're gonna want to. You're gonna want to see this. So they take this little John boat and they start giving it to the, these fishing guides, and every guide like adds something to it. They like add a motor on it. They have like a steering console. They add a trolling motor, and it just has this uh, great story. But this 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 uh, show about restoring this boat and sharing in an adventure uh, with one another. Um, ladies, I'm not gonna leave you out. Okay, I know. There's a show that you have seen lately with a couple that's on, on television called Fixer Upper. Anybody seen this? HGTV. All the husbands said, oh, man. Right? Because you, got, you ladies watch this, and, like, next thing you know, the honeydew list just continues to grow, right? Like, you almost need, like, two refrigerators, right? Because it's just, there's still so much to do. Uh, but yeah, Chip and Joanna Gaines, man, they've uh, just absolutely killed it when it comes uh, to these homes that they are restoring. And, and the reason that that we're so attracted to these things is because as we watch them do this, we see them them take this this house or this boat or or these cars and 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 they do this grand reveal at the end, right? It's my favorite part, right? Where they have the they have the little two sliding door things and they pull them apart, and you see this beautiful house where before it was like that thing needed to get torn down, right? You know what I'm talking about? And when I see that, I just I'm I can't. I, my brain can't get around the fact that, like, you know what? The day that that house was made, the day that it was brand new, it was not as good as what it is now after it's been restored, right? It's got all new appliances. It's got big kitchens, big open floor plan. I believe when it comes 
to our lives when it comes to these things that we see. The reason, because we are in love with the idea of restoration. And I believe that in, when it comes to 2021, that many of us, we're hoping for, for a new year. And I think that Jesus, that Jesus wants to have a year of restoration. When it comes to the relationship that you have with your, your children, I think Jesus wants to help this be a year of restoration where, where it's better than when it was new. When it comes to your, your relationship with your spouse, you know, some of you are already going through couples counseling, and I commend you for it. That's a big deal. That's, that's going to help. But my hope is not that, that your relationship goes back to like what it was when it was new. My hope is that it becomes restored and becomes better than what it was when it was new. Some of us, when, uh, when it comes to our finances, you know, this, uh, uh, we're, we're offering this class, Financial Peace University. It's a fantastic help uh, for, those that are, that, for the, those that are in need of help of like budgeting and, and what to do with your taxes and stuff like that. But my hope is that your year for 2021 is better than what your year was in 2020 financially. I love the idea of restoration. I hope that that, that is what we live in here for this next year, a season a time, a year of restoration. That's what my prayer is. When it comes to all these people that we watch, when it comes to Chip Foose and Joanna Gaines, and they, they've all, they, they do a great job with restoration. But um, when I read some of these stories in the Bible, no one does a better job than what Jesus does. Specifically today, I want to talk to you about a story, uh, a guy in the Bible that is, is absolutely uh, one of my favorite people, not because he was, he was great, not because uh, he did a good job, but just because I, I feel like I connect with him more than I do a lot of other people. Uh, this was a guy that, that Jesus fought, uh, had followed him. His name was Simon Peter. Now, Peter was, uh, before he met Jesus, he was a fisherman. And there was something about him that, that was kind of different than, than what you would normally see people that follow a rabbi. See, in those days, when, when a rabbi told someone to come follow me, they would pick like the best of the best. They would pick uh, the people that were studious, the people uh, that knew uh, the, the, the Torah inside and out and could recite every part of it, that they understood and could explain what God meant when he told these people to write these passages in the law. But when Jesus comes along, he comes up to Simon Peter and he says, come follow me. And Peter, he was not the smart guy. He was not the guy that would have known the law inside and out. Peter was a fisherman, so that means he was, he was hardworking, right? Uh, fish, fishing, is not, fishing is not easy. Fishing is not for the faint of heart. If you're gonna, I enjoy fishing. If I have to make a living on fishing, I'm going to get a whole lot skinnier because there ain't going to be a whole lot of food on the table. I ain't that good of a fisherman. Fishing is not an easy thing to do. But Peter, Peter was a hard worker. Peter was passionate. We see that Peter, um, there was many times where Peter stood up when he shouldn't have stood up. There's a lot of times where he opened his mouth when he should have just sat there and listened for a little bit, right? We see a story of it towards the end of Jesus' life here on this earth where Peter takes out his fillet knife and tries to like dice up this guy who's trying to arrest Jesus, right? Cuts his ear off. Right, I said flayed because he was a fisherman. Right, like I don't know if he brought a sword. He just had him. He had his little, you know, bubble blade out or whatever. But he was this passionate, probably not extremely smart or or knowledge, you know, uh, intellectual. He was an intellectual guy. But when it comes to people that were around Jesus, Peter was one that was the closest. 
And so it makes it that much more hard when you hear that towards the end of Jesus' life, as Jesus is being taken before the Sanhedrin, Peter says, Jesus, if, if, if you get taken away, something happened, I'm going to go even to death with you. You're the son of, he called him the son of God. He said, I believe you're the son of God, and I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to follow you even to death. And Jesus said, man, that sounds good. But I'm going to tell you that in just a few hours, you're going to deny me three times. And sure enough, it happened. As Jesus is being taken before the Sanhedrin, as, as, as hair is being ripped from his beard, people are coming up to Peter, aren't you one of his followers? Don't, weren't you with him? Don't you know him? And, and three times, Peter denied. And at that third time, it said the rooster crowed, and Peter realized what he had done. And he ran away crying in shame. For him, the, the loss was great, not just because he saw a dear friend that was going to experience a horrific death. The loss was great because he loved him, because his heart was connected to him, because loyalty was a big deal for him, because he was so passionate. I can't imagine what happened in Peter over the next couple days after he denied Jesus three times. He must be completely crushed. In the book of John, chapter 21, it talks about how when Jesus comes back, when Jesus is, is, is no longer in the tomb, when people can't find him. And, and, and Peter, he hears about these stories. He hears about that people have like seen him, and he, he doesn't really know what to expect. He's still sad. He's still shameful for what he had done. And so in John chapter 21, verse 3 to 6, it says that Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Now, when he says this, there's a couple things that come to my mind. The first one is like, maybe he's just going fishing to get his mind right, right? And we, any of you guys have something that you do to try to get your, like, everything back into order? Like, you just got to get away. Some people play golf, right? We got any golfers in the room? A couple people play golf. Uh, some, I, I enjoy fishing, right? I, I enjoy catching better, but some, you know, it's, it's good to get on the water and go fishing. Um, some people enjoy going to Target, right? Big Target people. Some people are big, big target people. Um, so, so that could have been it. But part of me thinks that that's not what Peter was saying. Peter was saying, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to go back to what I know. I'm going to go back to, to my old life. You know, I didn't expect for this to happen. I'm just going to go back to the last time that I was comfortable, the things, the things that I know. I'm going to go fishing. And so the di- disciples go on. They say, well, we'll come too. And so they went out on the boat, but they caught nothing all night long. Now, if it, if it was, if he was going fishing to get his mind right, like that's that's a tough time for him because after not catching anything all night long, like you're going to be in a bad mood. I know Erica prays every time I go fishing. She's like, "Dear Jesus, please let me catch something," because there's a chance I'm going to come home in a bad mood if I don't. Right. When I read this, I also think because it was at night, I, I don't think that Peter was trying to get his mind right. I think it was him going back to, to what he knew because in those days you fished at night because that's when it was cool and that's when the fish were, were easiest to catch. And so him and the disciples are out on the boat 
They're fishing at night, and they're not catching anything. I'm reminded that, you know, sometimes, well, well, all the time, Jesus allows us to have this thing called free will, where, where you make the decision. You can choose whatever you want to do in life. Jesus says, man, this, this is something, this is a gift that he's given you this adventure. God's given you this adventure of life to do with what you want to do with. You're the one that gets to make the decisions. But I believe that there's some times where we make decisions based off of what we want or based off of our comfort or based off of, of the emotional situation that we're in. And, and they might not be right. I think that there's times where Jesus is just like, well, I mean, you can do that but it doesn't mean I'm going to bless you while you're in it. Some, sometimes there's, there's areas of life that we're in where we're not living in the blessing of God because God's like, that, well, that's not what I called you to do. That's not what I have for you. That, you're not living your best life now. You're living comfortable or what you think is, is comfortable. I got something better for you. But if he just blessed you while you're in it, if he just allowed you to, to stay in it, you're just going to stay where you are. He loves you more than that. I think of my kids. My kids, uh, my kids love ice cream. Go, go figure, right? Big ice cream fans. Um, woke up the other morning, and it's Christmas. I think it was like Christmas Day or the day before or something like that. And they're like, Dad, Mom bought ice cream. We want ice cream. It's like 7 o'clock in the morning. I tell Ben, and he's so cute. He's got his little rat tail and his little mohawk. And he's like, sorry, bud, we're not having ice cream. And you would have thought, like I told him, like, St. Nick did not exist or something like that. Crushed. Right? He was, he, was, he was upset about it. But the reason why I didn't give it to him is because <laughs> I know that's not what he needs. I know that's not what's going to set him up for the future for what's best for him. I think sometimes God does the same thing with us. Sometimes we're not living in the blessing of God because God says, that's not the best I have for you. I've got something different. And if I let you get comfortable in it, you're just going to stay right there. I've got to get you out of it. So these guys didn't catch anything all night long. We continue on. It says, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. Later on, we would see they were something like 100 yards away, which is like a football field, right? It's kind of tough to see people on the other side of a, a fo football field to see who they are. But Jesus was standing on the beach, and the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out to them, said, fellows, have you caught anything? A different translation actually uh, says that he referred to them as children, which was, when, when I read some of what Jesus says, like, like, I have, I feel like I've got biblical proof that Jesus had a sense of humor. Like, because there's some things that he says that you're like, okay, that was a little sarcastic. Okay, he was trying, he was trying to get their goat a little bit on that one. Because these guys, he sees them, they're in a boat. They're in, it's, it's, it's morning, so it's like, okay, well, you guys are still out there, and fish are supposed to be feeding at night, and you ain't caught anything, you're still fishing. So he yells from shore, he says, boys, have you caught anything yet? No, they replied. Jesus turns around and says, throw your nets on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. Now, here's another thing you got to understand. Like, as women, you're probably okay with this. But men, we have this thing that's uh, a, a fault of ours. It's called pride, 
right? Anybody ever experienced that before? A couple of people have experienced, right? Um, I love fishing. I love being on a boat. Um, I, I love it when it's my boat and I'm doing my own thing and whatever, and I'm fishing the way that I want to fish. There's nothing more annoying than when someone else tells you how to fish, right? Except for Nate, you can tell me how to fish whenever you want, buddy. You just tell me what I'm doing wrong. So, um, But there's something about it. It's like, or like when you're mowing, even when you're mowing your grass, like someone says, uh, you're doing that wrong, that will test whether you're saved or not, right? Well, let me tell you what you're doing wrong, you know? You want to come back at them. Jesus says, well, maybe you just throw them on the other, like if Jesus is not kidding with them, if he's not sarcastic, I don't know what this is. Because they've been fishing in the spot, like what? Okay, if I put the net on this side or if I put the net, it's the same, it's the same place, Jesus. Jesus says, no, why don't, you just throw them on, why don't you just throw them on the other side? Give it a try, see what happens. Many of you guys have heard this story before, uh, or it sounds familiar. And the reason why it sounds familiar is because, especially when it comes to Peter, this wasn't the first time Jesus had said this to him. See, see the first time that Jesus had actually met Peter, Jesus, or Peter was on a boat. He was fishing. He had been fishing all night long. Hadn't caught anything. I wonder, maybe Peter wasn't that good of a fisherman. <laughs> he hadn't caught anything. And Jesus was on the shore. He says, why don't you try throwing your nets on the other side? See, this miracle that would happen as they threw their nets on the other side, and as they, they hauled up this massive amount of fish after they had fished all night long and not caught anything, this miracle had happened before. Because Jesus had allowed it to happen to Peter the first time that he ever met him. The Bible says, so they did that, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish. John chapter 21, verse 7 through 10 says this. It says, then the disciple Jesus loved, which was John, this is the author of the book, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, had jumped into the water and headed to shore. And the others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore, for they were, they were only about 100 year, yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking on a charcoal fire with some bread. These guys have been out fishing all night long, and they come to shore after Jesus allows this miracle to happen, and Jesus is, right, I'm already a step ahead of you, buddy. I'm right, I've got breakfast sitting here right, waiting for you. What happens next is this beautiful restoration of Jesus to Peter. Peter had like walked away and said, you know what, I'm going to return to what I know. I'm going to sit in what I think is comfortable. Jesus said, man, that's, that's, not, that's not what I got for you. So I want you to do things just a little bit different. And so as they sit down to breakfast, as they connect, as they, as they commune with one another. Real quick, this is, this is going to be a sidebar. You know why a diet is so tough for me? It's because there's, there's this, this, I love the connection of being able to go to lunch or have breakfast with someone. Joe, when we hang out, there's like, there's camaraderie, right? There's a connection that happens. There's memories that are made. 
I think that's part of why Jesus says in his, his, his last experience with them, he says, hey, do this in remembrance of me. It's because that's something that he's, he's like, man, this is what I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss this connection. I'm going to miss this relationship. So Jesus is sitting on the shore, and he says, come here, and sits down and has breakfast with them. And as, as it's dawn, as the roosters are crowing, we hear Jesus look to Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? In chapter 21, verse 15, it says, it says, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. He said, then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. He said, then take care of my sheep. Jesus said a third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt this time. When Jesus asked, he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I can't help but imagine that as Jesus is asking these three times, because it's dawn, that Peter hears in the distance a rooster crowing, and it connects to the part of him going back to where he was sitting in his shame, that he denied Jesus three times. He heard a rooster crow. But in the morning hours, Jesus is restoring him and saying, hey, I, I, I know you might have shame. I, I know that there's some separation but I'm not calling you because you're qualified for what I called you to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to qualify you as you continue to do what I called you to. And so for this year, I just want to challenge you with a couple things. The first thing is this. is I can't help but imagine that as Jesus is saying this, he says, do you love me? There's so many things in my mind that fire off about what the Bible says about love. It says that God is love. Very power, love. Love is a very powerful thing. Jesus is asked what's the most important commandment, and, and, and he responds with love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says this foundation of love is what, is what everything else is written about. This is what everything else stems from, this idea of love, this connection that you have with God and with the people around you. And so for my challenge for you in this, this next year, this, this season of restoration, I want you to take a, a look, take a few minutes to look at what is your foundation and ask yourself, is this, do I have a foundation of love? Do I have a foundation of connection with Christ? You know, all these people that we, I showed you the, before, the, the Chip Fooses and, 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 uh, and the Chip and Joanna Gaineses. I didn't realize that both their names were Chips. It just happened to be. One of the things that they do before they get started in any of the restoration projects, they're going to look at the foundation. For the car people, they're going to look at the frame. Is the foundation, is the frame right for what comes next? And I think when it comes to the foundation of what God wants to do in 2021 in your life, I want to challenge you to ask yourself, is my life built on a foundation of love? Is my heart connected to Christ the way that it should be? And, and, and if it's not, I, I don't think Jesus wants you to feel shame about it right now. 
I think Jesus wants you to take the step towards restoration and start following him. As I read the passage in John, I realize that the last thing Jesus says to Peter is one of the first things that he told him when he did the first miracle to him. He tells him, come and follow me. As he's finishing up his his breakfast with him at the end, as he's asked him three times, do you love me? He says, I want you to take a step and, and, and take an action and live following me. If there's one thing that you could do this year that would change everything, that would be the foundation of this restoration project, that is, is your marriage, is your finances, is, is your family, is to connect your heart to Christ and follow him on a daily basis. Connect your heart and relationship with him. That's what he wants. As he's sitting there, he says, do this in remembrance of me. He wants to have a relationship with you. And for whatever else that we're going to talk about in the next 51 weeks, that's got to be the foundation. Your heart connected to him. The last thing I felt like I was supposed to tell someone, this might not be for everybody. This is maybe just maybe this is for a couple people. But you're here today, and the shame of your past is just eating you alive. The shame of, of what you did or what happened to you, of the of the decision that you made or the decision that somebody else made has got you to the point where you are frozen in fear or frustration and you won't step in to what God has for you next. And I want to challenge you. I, I know that Peter felt that same way. Peter, Peter wanted to let there be separation between. He, I don't think he wanted to be around the disciples anymore. He don't want to be reminded of what he had done. He just wanted to go back to fishing, go back to what he knew. But Jesus said, I've got to restore you. You've got to move past this because I need you to live on mission with what I've called you to. Today, if you're you're sitting here and you're, you're frozen in fear because of shame in your life, I want to let you know that you don't have anything to be ashamed of. When you're with Christ, you don't have anything. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. When you belong to Christ, when you're connected to Christ, as, as you follow him, all that stuff in the past, the price has already been paid. It's already been taken care of. It's already done with. You just continue to move forward and follow him. Today, my prayer for you, my hope for you is this, that you would be healed from the shame. Jesus, when he brought this up to Peter, when he's telling him, do you love me? When he's saying it three times and Peter knows, Peter makes a connection. He says, I know, you know, I know that I messed up. Jesus isn't doing it to try to hurt him. He's doing it to to try to allow healing 
to happen. And I think that's what Jesus wants for you here this morning. So do two things very simple is this. What's your foundation look like for this next season you're going into? As we move into the season of restoration, we have a, we have a great opportunity today to first look at the foundation of our life, to look at the framework. And I want to tell you this, that if, if the first thing that your life is, is laid on is not a relationship with Jesus, I want to challenge you to make that change. Because everything else that comes next will be a whole lot easier, be a whole lot better. I'm going to tell you right now, as someone who's lived outside of the blessing of Jesus and someone who lives in the blessing of Jesus, I'm going to choose Jesus' way every, every single time, whatever he wants. What I want for Coastline Church is to not want what I want for Coastline Church. It's to want what God wants. Because his way is the very best way. When we sit up here and we say at the end of service, we believe the best is yet to come, it's not because we have a plan. Our plan is just to continue to live on purpose, the purpose that he has for our lives. And that's what I want to challenge you with here this next year. And lastly, to be set free from sin and shame and separation as you choose to continue to connect with him. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. In a second, the band's going to come up and we're going to sing one last song. But I want you to just take a second. And even as we sit here a little bit in silence, I want you to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and show you the areas of weakness when it comes to your frame, when it comes to the foundation of who you are. And it's not, it, 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 it's, this is not a time for, for, for you to feel ashamed. You might feel conviction. Conviction is okay. I, th- I feel like shame is a tactic of the enemy, that, but conviction is a tool that can be used by the Holy Spirit. So even as you feel conviction, I want, I want to challenge you to release those things that you've been holding back from God, the, the things that you've been putting your life as, on as a foundation. And I want you to choose, I want to challenge you to choose Christ and following him and a relationship with him as that foundation. If you're here today and you want to make that choice, whether you've made it in the past, maybe today you, you remake it, maybe today is the first time. On the count of three, I just want you to say, Jesus, I choose you. One, two, three. Jesus, I choose you. Father, you know the hearts in this room. You know us that have chosen and and want to continue to make the decision to put you as the foundation of their lives. I pray that as we start this year off, as we continue to to put our faith 100% in you, God, I pray that you would challenge us. I pray that you would charge us. I pray for a season of restoration. God, I pray that as we sing this song, is for those that are, suffering from shame and guilt 
God, I pray that you would bring freedom to their lives. I thank you so much, Jesus, for what you have done and for what you continue to do. And I continue to believe the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.